I'm Keaton. I'm Laura. And we love stories and talking about stories. So we're looking at the Bible as a story that's filled with real people. And we're hoping that if we um, show the human side of these people in the story, um, that we'll see God is real too. That's right. We want to try to read the Bible with curiosity and maybe let our imagination do more work than it gets to do when we read scripture sometimes. So we're going to start with the question, what did these people eat for breakfast? And we're going to see where it takes us. How did they start their day? And how did the rest of the day go? Welcome to The Breakfast Translation. It's tax season. It is tax season. My favorite. <laughs> have you done yours yet? I have not. Um, I, I really struggle to look taxes in the eyes. Okay. Mm-hmm. I feel like it is, it's the closest grownups get to homework. Yeah, I think so too. Because it comes with a date that you know you have to do work for it. Um, and I feel like a lot of the, however you may have a, approach schooling, sometimes that can also be how you, I don't know if this is a good theory or not. Right. No, um, I, th- I think it's like homework, especially the kind of homework that you, um, I don't know, like math homework. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like that you dread. Right. One, one good thing for me is that tax day is my dog's birthday. So you have something to celebrate. Right. So that's our, our producer, Archie. That's his, his big day. So he gets, uh, I don't know if you've ever done this for a pet, but he gets a, a little birthday pie. Where, the, where do you get your um, puppy pies from? I get it from, I either go to the place called Pet People that uh, always makes good. It's like, it's also like vegan. It's like the fanciest. <laughs> I mean, it's a very... Archie's very bougie. Yeah, he really is. He's got a lot of demands and one of them is a vegan birthday pie that he <laughs> proceeds to eat for the rest of April. Uh, but it does make that day a little bit like more fun for right. sure. Uh so we're talking about a tax guy today. Yes. And tax collecting, and I think we've talked, I can't remember if we've talked about this before, but tax collecting in the world of Jesus is um, like the, the worst depiction we sometimes have of the IRS or tax guys, like trying to get money from you. Like that was a known practice in the world of, of Jesus is that these tax collectors would take some from you and then take a little bit for themselves. Mm. So this tax guy we're meeting today, it tells us that he's very wealthy and that he probably got that from taking work in the system. Yeah. Like, uh, oh, and all you also owe me 10 denarius, denarii or whatever. Right. And then uh, the, you can't do anything. Right. And you're powerless because they, it's a, the, the government, right? And right. you feel like there's nothing you can do to make it any different. Um, and so it really preys on people's fears. Um this is the story of Zacchaeus. Do you know, what do you know about Zacchaeus? No, he was a wee little man. That's right. <laughs> uh, everybody knows that it's one of the greatest hits. Yes. Zacchaeus was a wee little man and a wee little man was he. he. I don't know. Do you feel like we're, maybe we're not supposed to, <laughs> to, to sing that song anymore. I know. I feel like it's insensitive. A little bit. Yeah. But it does. I feel like when you ask me what I know about Zacchaeus and I say that he's a wee little man. Right. Or I guess, you know, it's also St. Patrick's Day season yes. as we're recording. And so it could just be an Irish mm. an Irish thing. But that that's a crucial part of the story, his stature. Right. Because the story goes that Jesus is coming to town and Zacchaeus has some curiosity, right? He's curious about Jesus enough that it tells us that he climbs the tree mm-hmm. to see above the crowds. And so his stature is a part of the story. And also his wealth is a part of the story. And so in the story, he climbs the tree and Jesus sees him from a distance and invites himself over to Zacchaeus's house. (laughs) 
Um, so let's put ourselves in Zacchaeus' shoes for a little while. Do you have anything that like if somebody were to just randomly invite themselves to your house, you'd you'd panic about? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. my my house is a wreck right now. <laughs> okay. so. <laughs> so I'm coming over later. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's always I, I do like it when I know that people are coming, though, because it forces me to get everything in right into shape. Yeah. I think we all have that one thing like, oh, oh, no. Mm-hmm. And then and you try to like maneuver it so that you get home. Right. Get to your house five minutes before that person. So you right. can run in and do the check. Hide the things. Yeah. Or... <laughs> <laughs> um, so Zacchaeus, Jesus just comes over, invites himself. Um, let's, let's spend some time with Zacchaeus. What do we think of him as a person outside of just from what the story tells us and what the song tells us? He's got curiosity about Jesus. We know that. We know he makes his money collecting taxes and then some. What, what do you think he's having for breakfast? I suppose if I lean into the curiosity side, he's willing to try things. So maybe he gets the thing on the menu that um, is unfamiliar, like their special weird bacon cinnamon. Yeah. Or maybe <laughs> he's the guy who always like, what's what do you make that's special? Mm-hmm. You know, like he's the one who's always asking them for that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I thought thinking? of him as the guy who would always know where the free donuts were mm-hmm. or like would always know. He's just always trying to save some of that money, right? Yeah. Part of how he gets rich is maybe by being super careful uh, with his money, maybe. So maybe he knows. Because, you know, Krispy Kreme has all kinds of weird occasions where they give away free donuts. Mm-hmm. And I, but I feel like I never know about it till it's a week later. Yeah, or some, or until somebody comes in with the free donut and right. says, hey. I feel like he would always be aware of that. Right. That the bakery around the corner gives away donuts on Thursdays. And, and maybe that he would also... Um, sneak some in his pockets. Yeah. And he want to, I, I think that when they give, have those free giveaways, the idea is that you also buy coffee or right. something like that, but he's not. No, he's, he would follow the strict letter of the coupon and we wouldn't spend any more than he needed to. Right. Which is what most of those gift cards do too. They have $5 off, but everything they have there is $30. Yes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he's working the system. You know, we are, we're brought to the people by Southbrook Church and, you know, we used to do uh, cookies, like free cookies and free bagels every weekend. Oh, I don't remember that. Were you ever that. here during the free cookies and bagels? I feel like I should have been. How long ago was it? it was, I mean, I guess we must have canceled it when you got here. Yeah. So Keaton's here. <laughs> no more. <laughs> yeah. She's going to take Lock too many up. bagels. Lock up the cookies. Yeah. Uh, well, because that was part of the problem was people would like fill their pockets would they? with the free oh, cookies and bagels. And so it got to just be too expensive to, mm-hmm. to provide that. But I think he may have been that guy. Okay. Just taking whatever he could get. I think, and, I think that's valid. And that's a part of how he gets all this wealth. So when Jesus comes over, uh, what I what I love about this story is that we don't really know much of their conversation, but it does kind of seem like he immediately recognizes in the person of Jesus, he's confronted with what he's gotten wrong and that he immediately has this revelation that something about who he is uh, needs to change, right? It's that classic moment in a movie where somebody has the revelation that something about who they have been is not what it's supposed to be. And then he um, makes a commitment to give away a part of his wealth uh, so it has me in my head. Do you have any any stories like that where you you saw clarity about something that you weren't that you wanted to be, or something that you were that you didn't want to be, and you made changes around it? Yeah, Do you have any? I'm not sure about that, but I've definitely had 
things in my life where if there was like a before and an after, yeah. I don't know, like I'm going through a breakup pretty recently and, um, the, I feel like I had to put in so many habits afterwards to yeah. just keep on, um, staying afloat for the time being. So like waking up, I knew I was going to run as soon as I got up. I knew, uh, I just had like mapped out my day yeah. a lot differently. Yeah. Sometimes those changes come to us and sometimes they, they force their way into our house, right? right? And it's right. like, you have to rebuild. Um, what I like about it is that Zacchaeus doesn't, it's not like a religious revival in the sense of like, he follows Jesus and, oh, I'm just, I'm okay. He realizes something in his practical life has to be different mm -hmm. to like mark that change, you know, like you're saying, like some small habit about who you are might need to shift mm -hmm. with this like realignment of your life, right? Right. Um, Does anything come to mind for you? I think, so one of the reasons I started running years ago was that I felt like I wasn't a person who um, finished things mm. and that if I, if I did some small thing that I committed to doing it and that I stayed disciplined in that small way, that that would have a bigger effect on bigger projects in my life mm. that I would be committed. That's actually a big talking point in the world right now. Have you, have you heard of this atomic habits idea? I have heard of it, but I have not, um, I haven't read the book. Yeah. There's a big book. I'm guessing he has a Ted talk just cause everybody who has a right. book that everybody's talking about also has a Ted talk. I don't Sounds know, right. but it's this idea of like small habits equal giant life change. Mm -hmm. So I know one of the examples, I don't know if this is from his book or it's just a, an example that people have picked up on is like the idea that if you if you floss your teeth every day, you might be able to make big giant life changes mm -hmm. that you think are impossible. Um, because I do think, you know, we think of conversion, you know, we've talked about this quite a lot, like how conversion is these, this, the big before and after moments, right? But it's also, there's some decision to it too. And I like that Zacchaeus says, okay, I recognize that I need to give, I need to practically give money away. Um, because I do think it's tempting to just think that the change can be internal. Mm -hmm. But I like the idea that we need external movement. Yeah. Um, I like the idea of like finding an action to go with repentance or renewal. Because mm -hmm. I think I'm the kind of person who can just think it's all internal. And that I just have to wake up and just tell myself it's different. Right. Um, but Zacchaeus seems to notice this thing that we're just now kind of catching up to. That you sometimes need these physical things. Uh, to show that you're a different person. Yeah. Yeah. It's a pretty radical change. He made it quickly too. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you know, like I said, it's not like uh, Jesus, we don't get any like sense of who Jesus is, but it just seems like Zacchaeus is moved by Jesus coming to his home. Mm -hmm. Right. And like Jesus associating with him. And it tells us that this makes everybody else upset. Uh, all who saw it began to grumble mm. and they didn't love that he was, like, going why are you to spend time with him. Yeah, because they're probably thinking like that guy has ten dollars of mine, right? Mm -hmm. So they they see in Zacchaeus like somebody who's cheated them and somebody who's held their position over them in power, and so it's probably confusing to them that here's Jesus who has talked about being for the poor, and all of a sudden now he's going to eat with a rich man, right? And. I think if anything, it, it also should slow us down to see that true character of Jesus is that he gives everyone a chance, mm -hmm. you know, uh, including Zacchaeus and that just something about Jesus presence is what brings Zacchaeus to this renewal, this repentance. Um, 
And as we're going to see in the book of Luke, uh, Jesus is just going to keep on getting more and more people upset. Right. So I think what you're, what we see in Luke is this mounting frustration that he is an equal opportunity offender, (laughs) that he Mm -hmm. makes everybody just matter and matter as the gospel of Luke goes on. And so we're catching him in this moment where he doesn't have a lot of, a lot of care left about being sensitive around people um, because he knows the cross is out in front of him. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a moment in Luke where it says that he, he sets his face toward Jerusalem and that he probably knows that once he gets to that city, he's going to have to face some kind of giant retribution for the things he said and done. And one of the things that gets him in big trouble is eating with a, a tax collector Mm -hmm. and eating with the guy who um, has taken money from people and, and stolen all the bagels and cookies that he could. Um, I think it, if I see any invitation and do you see any invitation here? I think I see one, but do you see anything for you? I I see myself and the people who are grumbling. So I think maybe um, being more considerate of uh, every, everybody matters. Right. I can do that. And some of that, the grumbling that we find in ourselves, it's, it's a thing I think we've seen a few times in the gospels is this failure of imagination, mm-hmm. right? That we sometimes see a person and all we can see is what we can see. We don't see what Jesus can see, which is that their story could change right. or their story could shift. Um, and so I always feel like part of what it means to be a, a Jesus follower is to have a generous imagination for other people. Um, even to have that with ourselves, that there are things we think we're locked in on mm-hmm. and we can't imagine that it could ever change. Um, so that's the, that I see a, an invitation there to just have a more generous imagination for other people and for myself. Yeah. That this, I've always, have you ever heard that, um, the tell a story in six words? You ever done that? Yes. Do you have a, do you have a story? No, I, not off the top you of don't my have head. One. I, we did it around here at church several years ago. And so I, I had to come up with what I, if you had to like, and we didn't do like a storytelling one. Like the, the famous one is the Hemingway, the baby shoes for sale, never worn. Mm, That's the, that's the famous six word story. But we did like, if you had to tell a truth or like tell the gospel in six words, what would it be? And I think the one I chose was uh, broken things. Don't stay that way. Oh, You know that I, I always want that to be true. Right. And so I think that's one of the things we see in some of these stories of Jesus is that, whatever, like whatever bad habits we have, whatever sins of our heart, whatever things we think are our, right. This is his identity is that he's a, a rich, wealthy steals from people guy. Um, the things that become our identity even are not unchangeable. Mm-hmm. Um, so just having a more generous imagination, I think for people around us would be a good way to, to start a breakfast. So uh, we will see though, even in the next week, like we're going to see how, uh, this causes total frustration for people with Jesus. Yeah. Change is hard. <laughs> yeah. It costs something to live with that kind of radical um, possibility all around you all the time. So we'll see that next week on the breakfast translation. 